And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines in simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. We've made it through another week. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. <laughs> Always welcome. <laughs> All right, let's jump into some of these major keywords. Uh, we've chosen some of the most pressing headlines to keep tabs on, and this is our first keyword of the day. Addressing North Korea. So President Yoon has issued stern warnings regarding North Korean threats to the multilateral gathering in Jakarta. What did he have to say? Yeah, so he uh, warned that North Korea's nuclear and missile development poses a realistic threat that can target all countries attending the East Asia Summit. Uh, he emphasized the need to show that the international community's determination to prevent North Korea's nuclear development is much stronger than North Korea's will to develop nuclear weapons. And he also stressed that North Korea is subject to the strictest and most comprehensive sanctions from the UN Security Council, and that all UN member states must comply with these sanctions. Uh, U.S. remarks are seen as targeting China and Russia specifically, which, as permanent members of the UNSC, have repeatedly used their veto power to block additional sanctions against the North and have been kind of lukewarm in enforcing uh, existing sanctions. Russia, in particular, as we've been reporting as of late, is known to be uh, advancing arms trade with North Korea. We'll be getting into more detail in our uh, second key word. And Yoon also highlighted the need to block North Korea's illegal activities, which fund the regime's weapons program. That includes um, sending workers overseas mm. to work in uh, various uh, places such as North Korean restaurants, as mm. well as stealing cryptocurrency and all that kind of activities. Although, of course, there are political pundits who uh, tend to group North Korea, Russia, and China with certain interests that overlap. China has a different set of priorities, namely they have their economic priorities, priorities to their citizens, and certainly is not in the same boat as Russia and North Korea when it comes to those arms deals. Which brings us to our, well, next question. <laughs> that was the next key word. <laughs> uh, it was President Yoon's uh, first one-on-one -on -one with the Chinese Premier Li Chang since he took office at the position post in March this year at the ASEAN Plus 3 Summit. They sat down for the first time. So what did they discuss? Right. Well, uh, Yoon expressed hope that uh, China would play a sincere and responsible role in addressing the North Korean uh, issue. He added that he hopes the North Korean nuclear issue will not be an obstacle in relations between South Korea uh, and China. President Yoon has always been uh, stressing better relations with the US and Japan, but he's also wary of trying to boost ties with China as well, because of course it's an economically important uh, country for South Korea. Uh, Yoon also emphasized that the worsening of the nuclear, uh, North Korean nuclear program would strengthen the cooperation between South Korea, the US and Japan as well, and kind of a, a thinly veiled uh, warning against China. And he requested China's cooperation in holding a trilateral summit between South Korea, China and Japan in South Korea in the near future, to which uh, Lee responded positively. Uh, Yoon expressed his hope for high active level exchanges between South Korea and China after the last summit between uh, the leaders held in Bali last November. He also conveyed his warm regards to President Xi Jinping and Lee delivered Xi's regards to mm. Yoon as well. So we'll have to see if that trilateral summit uh, between Seoul, Beijing and Tokyo does uh, happen. Uh, but uh, by the looks of it, uh, both sides seem to be on board. Mm, no communique came, came out of the meetings in Indonesia. However, there were certain agreements that we should be paying attention to. So our second keyword of the day. 
summit agreements. So leaders of 18 nation East Asia summit have issued a joint statement. Interestingly, it doesn't include any mention of conflict in Ukraine because I can assume there wasn't a consensus. What's the latest? That's right. Uh, the statement marks the first time actually in two years that the leaders were able to agree on a text after a dispute over language between the U.S. and Russia prevented them from coming up with uh, a joint statement last year in uh, Cambodia. Now, at this year's meeting, discussions were held mainly on issues such as the Ukraine war, as well as uh, the South China Sea issue, the military coup in Myanmar, and of course the North Korea nuclear and missile issues. Now, despite the talks on Ukraine during Uh, the meeting. The issue was left out, as you said, of the joint statement. Now, Kim Tae-hyo, the deputy head of the National Security Office here, said there were differences in views on the causes of the outbreak of the Ukraine war and sharp differences in how each member country viewed the war. Now, he noted that there was no significant difference in the overall opinions of the member countries that Russia's invasion of Ukraine directly violated existing uh, international norms. However, there were differences in taking a stance on this issue and how each country would play its role according to a certain time plan. Now, President Yoon uh, reaffirmed that Russia's invasion constitutes a clear violation of international law. Mm. He shared South Korea's own experience of facing an, ex- uh, an existential crisis due to North Korea's illegal invasion um, in 1950. Uh, on tensions in the South China Sea, Yoon said Korea will not tolerate unilateral attempts to change the status quo by force. Uh, this is kind of comments that have been said for years on end. And he emphasized the need to establish a rules-based maritime order in the critical sea lane. The South China Sea issue has been a, a very long Uh, kind of um, diplomatic uh, issue. Uh, and usually the stance by South Korea remains the same mm. uh, under uh, numerous administrations. Now, uh, Yoon also vo- voiced uh, concern over the continued violence and humanitarian crisis in Myanmar and expressed support for the ASEAN proposed solution of halting violence and holding inclusive dialogue. Uh, meanwhile, Korea and Indonesia signed 14 MOUs to boost bilateral cooperation on many fields, including nuclear power generation, mobility uh, and major minerals. He also held uh, sideline meetings with the leaders of Cambodia and Laos and promoted the hosting of the 2030 World Expo in Busan. Uh, Korea and the Philippines signed a free trade pact, which is expected to come into force in the first half of next year. And under the deal, Korea will remove tariffs on about 95% of all items and the Philippines 96.5% of all products traded. Uh, and Yoon is now heading to India mm. next to attend the G20 summit, um, more of which uh, similar statements and agreements will possibly be made as well. Okay, so the G20 summit kicks off tomorrow in New Delhi with expected absence of Xi and Putin. Um, does that put a strain on some of those agendas? We'll wait and see. And on Monday, you'll update us. <laughs> so he will, yes. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our third keyword of the day. Unexpected routes. South Korea's spy agency says Kim Jong-un could travel to Russia by a different route than the expected one that we discussed this week. Uh, that is with his meeting with Vladimir Putin as the world watches our military alliance between the two countries strengthening. Tell us more. 
That's right. Uh, Yusang Bam of the People Power Party said the NIS reported this uh, during a parliamentary meeting yesterday. He said there is a possibility that Kim Jong-un could make a surprise move by choosing a different route than what was uh, initially revealed by the media. This comes after the New York Times reported that Kim would likely travel from Pyongyang, probably by armoured train to Vladivostok, where he could meet uh, with uh, Vladimir Putin. It was also reported that a delegation of about 20 North Korean officials recently travelled to Vladivostok by train in late August and then flew to Moscow to plan for Kim's upcoming uh, upcoming trip. So th that leaves the question, will the trip actually happen in Vladivostok or in Moscow? Now, amid continued reports of a possible arms deal between Pyongyang and Moscow, US Vice President Kamala Harris has warned that North Korea supplying weapons to Russia uh, would be, quote, a huge mistake. Uh, she added that such a move would further uh, isolate both countries as well. So um, it seems like Kim Jong-un is uh, keeping the US and South Korean intelligence uh, intelligence authorities uh, on their toes. But mm. uh, we'll have to see. Um, the meeting is reportedly planned for next week. So we'll know more by then. All right. With that, we move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Economic risks. So the Korea Development Institute says Korea's exports are showing signs of improvement, but uncertainties from China continues to weigh on the economy. Can you run us through the latest outlook? Yeah, so basically they're saying things that uh, we already knew. Uh, so a lot of experts have been uh, saying this, uh, the government as well. We mentioned it in yesterday's segment also. And mm. it said the country's manufacturing production was actually picking up speed. So some good signs there, thanks to the semiconductor sector. While services hadn't been derailed much from its uh, modest growth path. Now, the report said, however that domestic and international economic uncertainties were escalating, things that are usually out of the Korean government's control. Uh, this is mostly because of heightened concerns over China's economic instability, which have been prompted by uh, a real estate crisis there, mm. as well as increasing inflationary pressures due to rising global oil prices, on top of things of already uh, of top of things that are already getting uh, more expensive uh, as well. Now, the KDA, uh, KDI said the underlying trend of slowing inflation continued despite some seasonal factors. So they still think that the kind of downward trend of uh, the inflation is continuing. It's just a small bump in the road at the moment. Now, concerns about possible additional rate hikes by the U.S. Federal Reserve are also adding to the uncertainty. That, of course, increases pressure on the Bank of Korea to raise their rates as mm. well. Raising rates do pose threats to the economy. It could lead to um, possible recessions as well. Uh, so there's a very delicate balancing act that the BOK has to do. It's all the gap between the key rates between Korea and the US are mm. already at unprecedented uh, highs at the moment. Uh, so, of course, we'll have to see um, what the Fed does and what the BOK does uh, uh, after it. Stuck between a rock and a hard place, frankly speaking, when so much is re reliant on external factors. There's only so much we can do. I mean, we have an extended holiday. We're supposed to spruce up spending locally. Will that yeah. help, even if, if it's just a minuscule amount? We'll, we'll We're being to encouraged consider. to spend more in an era when everything is expensive. More expensive. So it's, it's a bit <laughs> of a irony. tall order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit ironic, but uh, yes. It's a six-day holiday nonetheless, which is also good news. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's turn our attention to our final keyword of the day. 
SK Chips. So SK Hynix says it is unaware that its memory chips were being used in the newest smartphone from China's Huawei, stressing it has begun an internal investigation on how those memory chips landed at those factories in the first place. So what's the latest? Yeah, so this causes a problem, of course, because it uh, puts uh, Korean chip makers in a bit of a difficult uh, position when mm. it comes in uh, relations between Korea and the U.S., especially because the U.S. have put in these kind of uh, punitive measures in. Now, SK reported immediately to the Bureau of Industry and Security under the U.S. Uh, Commerce Department uh, and initiated an investigation to figure out this issue. Bloomberg had previously reported that Chinese phone maker Huawei used SK Hynix's what's known as LPDDR5 and NAND flash memory chips in its newest Mate 60 Pro smartphones. And SK had stopped supplying its products to Huawei in 2020 uh, after the US banned companies from supplying chips made with US equipment and technology to the Chinese company without prior approval. Uh, in this regard, SK Hynix has drawn a line saying that it has not dealt uh, with Huawei, so mm. we'll have to see uh, what's true if SK Hynix certainly did provide chips uh, or if there's been another route uh, for SK Hynix to um, provide chips to China's Huawei, but uh, we'll have to see uh, what the results of the investigation are, which might take some time. Okay, if it was in fact inadvertent, it seems vital to SK Hynix to figure out where and how and which routes it would have taken to land in those Chinese factories. We'll wait and see. But you're right. Again, stuck in a rock in a hard place for South Korea. Yeah. Can we ever catch a break? It seems no. <laughs> it is difficult, unfortunately. Yeah. Adam, thank you so much for a week's worth of uh, insightful coverage. Have a safe weekend. We'll see you next Monday. You too. Have a brilliant weekend. See you next week. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.